This message was presented at the GYC 2010 No Turning Back Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Hi, and good afternoon. This being uh, my first GYC meeting, I need to give my testimony that I think of all the meetings I have attended in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, different meetings, the most impressive thing about GYC meetings is the emphasis on spirituality and mission. And I would like to say I will leave this place with a testimony that this group, this meeting, is one that is a must attend. And my wife and I just confirmed that we will attend God granting us life, and if Jesus does not return, we plan to attend the next meeting. This afternoon, after the 20 minutes that I'm going to take to speak to you, one of the things I am hoping you will come out with is a sense of connectedness to the life of the church, a sense of being a part of this large movement that the Lord has put together to carry out mission. We will discuss some details that some of you may not be aware of or need to reaffirm, but at the end of it all, I really want you to feel this is your church. You can contribute to the life of this, your church. And so let's see if we can start with the slides. I have a PowerPoint presentation that I'll I would like to act as our guide. The first question I would like to, uh, to probably establish is uh, answers to the question, why do we have a structure? You know, why, why should we have the, the local church, the local conference, the local union, the general conference? Do we need all these things for us to do mission? Now, in order for you to appreciate why it is important for us to have structures, you probably need to remember the following. Number one, the reason why the church had to organize itself is so that we may define present truth and enhance its preaching. You know, in... The Seventh-day Adventist church is about 150 years. Before that, there have been other churches, other communities of believers. What is the present truth? Why are we different from other Protestant movements? That is one reason why we had to be organized into a structure so that we could define what it is we are to teach. Otherwise, everybody will come up with something to teach. The second one is to maintain global unity in doctrine. 
You can imagine how confused we would be if we, do, if we did not have a system of defining what is doctrinally correct. On the first night of his presentation, our president for GYC, Justin, mentioned here the purpose and the reason for us to safeguard those truths that we cherish as a movement. We need to keep that global unity. And then to guard against heretical teachings. There are many things that could come in the church that would be heresy. Then to establish global mission work and coordinate a global church. I'll be very honest with you. It's not easy to run a global entity, a global organization. And we are one of the most effective run global organization to which I praise the Lord for. And then of course, to work in an orderly manner. Our Heavenly Father is a God of order. Our God does not work under confusion. If you want to see how orderly God is, study the sanctuary doctrine. When you start in the book of Numbers, God speaks about, here is the sanctuary, and then he says, these three tribes shall be on the north, these three shall be on the south, these three shall be on the east, these three on the west. And then it is nicely, orderly organized. And when they had to leave camp, when the cloud was lifted off the sanctuary, they had to live in an orderly, organized manner. Our Heavenly Father is a God of order. Behind all, with this backdrop, there was a need for us to be organized. Now, we're not the first ones to start uh, some organization or governance of a church. I'll sample for you very quickly. We do have the Episcopal of a system of governance, which is basically led by bishops, governed by bishops, usually with three elders or ministers, but it is focused on the bishops. We do have the papal system, whereby the supreme authority is vested in one person, the Pope. We do have independent or congregational, the form of church polity that makes local churches be the final authority. What is decided at the local church goes. Now can you imagine what would happen if each church, some church in Australia decided to be this and some church in Colorado decided to be this and I'm from Zambia. Some church in Zambia decided to be this. There will be chaos. Now the Seventh-day Adventist church operates on the representative form of governance. Listen to this. In the representative form, authority is in the church members themselves. You, and this is, this is, this is what I would like you to catch. The Seventh-day Adventist governance system places its authority in you as a church member. Even when we assign the executive committee and other groupings to go and do thinking on our behalf, 
we do so by empowering them to transact on our behalf. Because, you know, we can't all come together. We are more than 16 million and make decisions. So keep in mind, the Seventh-day Adventist governance system is the representative form of governance. Now let's go through it very quickly. You all, if you are a baptized Seventh-day Adventist member, belong to a local church. The first level in the governance of the Seventh-day Adventist church is a local church. We have over 150,000 local churches and companies together around the global church. What do you say to that? The Lord has established many groups, worshipping groups, churches around the world. Now, watch this. The functions of a local church are, amongst others, to carry out the mission of the Lord. To preach the present truth, the gospel truth. It's also, and, the, and this, is, this is interesting, it's only the local church where your membership is or where you go to church every Sabbath that is empowered to deal with membership. People become members of the church only by baptism in a local church or by transfer of membership or by rebaptism, any method, but it's only at a local church where membership matters are dealt with. Now, wait a minute and look at this. How is the local church governed? Remember the representative system. The Seventh-day Adventist local church is run through, number one, a business meeting. A business meeting, I wish I could ask you this. Raise your hands if you are a member of the business meeting, if you are a baptized Adventist member. Raise your hands. Thank you. Now, those of you that didn't raise your hands, if you are baptized, let me tell you, you are a member of the business meeting. Everyone who is baptized and has membership at a local church is a member of the business meeting. Here is the powerful point. The business meeting in sitting at a local church has the highest authority at the local church. It's not even the church board. The church board is, brings its reports to the business meeting. But remember the representative system is such we can't all in the business meeting start addressing issues. So we assign them to the local church board. The local church board is made up of fewer people, maybe one, 10% of the membership or even less. They transact on our behalf, but we elect them into office. The business meeting is the only place where church officers who serve as church board members are appointed or elected. What does this mean? This means that you as a local church member have power to where this church is going. 
Some of you serve as church board members and that is good. But if you don't, you are a member of the business committee. That's the first level. Second level. The second level is the local conference. The local conference is a grouping of churches that have been duly voted into the sisterhood of churches by a union session. They constitute a local conference. The Seventh-day Adventist Church has over 572 local conferences around the world. What does a conference do? A conference is responsible, number one, mission. Always remember, the church is about mission. The local church, mission. The conference, mission. The union, mission. The general conference, mission. We are about mission. But in addition to the mission, it's at the local conference where pastors are employed. The local conference employs pastors. It's the one entity, the one level in the church which is vested with the authority to employ pastors. Number three, the the local conference is the storehouse where tithe is collected. You may return your tithe at a local church, but that tithe is immediately, 100%, taken to the local conference because the local conference is the storehouse where tithe is collected and distributed according to policies that the church has. What is its governance side? The local conference works through a constituency meeting. Now when you look on the screen, if, if, we, if you see that picture that we had of three churches representing the local conference, when there is a constituency meeting, each local church sends a representative to the local conference to go and make decisions. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Whereby every local church sends a representative to go and make decisions. Now, because constituencies meetings don't meet every time, they transfer the authority in between the constituencies to the executive committee of that conference. We have over 572. The next level is the union, the local union. The local union has for its functions mission again, but because it is a little bit distanced from the local church, it does a lot of trainings of people who are going to run the church and its details. It's the local unions that in most cases also own and run or operate colleges. Its governance system, again, and this is beautiful, This is of the Lord. The union, when they meet in their constituency meeting, they seek and they take representatives from the local conferences who draw their representatives from the local churches so that you participate in the decisions of the church. What's the next level? It's the general conference. Someone is saying, 
Pastor, why did you jump the division? I did not jump the division. The reason why the general conference is the fourth level is because the general conference has 13 divisions which are called divisions of the general conference. Like, for example, we do have North American division. We also do have uh, Euro-Africa division, Southern Africa, Indian Ocean division. But they are all called divisions of the general conference. When you look on the slide, that's on the screen, I would like you to see that division one is made up of unions that are made up of conferences that are made up of churches. And when you have more than one division, you form the general conference. Now here is the interesting part. What is the governance system at the general conference? Again, the governing system at the general conference is through the constituency. Now, what is the general conference constituency? Many of you have seen the pictures of these huge general conference sessions we have, like the one we had in Atlanta, Georgia. I must admit here and say, next to the general conference session is the GYC in terms of size. I mean, I've not seen so many people gather as I see the GYC to which we praise the Lord. Now, let's go back to the general conversation. The general conversation is the constituency groupings of the entire global church where they meet. Hey, here is the beautiful part. You need to hear this. The general conference executive, uh, the general conference in session, Ellen White tells us in Testimonies, Volume 9, page 260, but when in a general conference, the judgment of the brethren assembled from all parts of the field is exercised, private, independent, and private judgment must not be stubbornly maintained, but surrendered. Meaning, when we meet at the general conference session, the decisions we make which have the input of the whole family around the global church are the official positions of the church. And those of us that may have some little things we hold to, if those are not the decisions of the church, we've got to give them up. Now, what does the constituency mean uh, do? Number one, the doctrines of the Seventh-day Adventist Church are defined and articulated only at the general conversation. Amen? They are not regionally defined. Only when the whole church meets. Number two, the church order and governance, that church manual that you and I have in local churches, it is voted, adjusted, Everything with it is at the constituency meeting. And lastly, that is where the constitution and bylaws of the Seventh-day Adventist Church can be changed or can be altered. I close by leaving upon you this thought. You as a person, 
You are so significant to the life of this church because when you meet in representative groups, you can voice out what you think the church should do and where they should be going. Our president, Justin, just mentioned to us that he served at the General Conference Constituency Meeting, that he's a committee member of the General Conference. He represents, and that is how this church works. My prayer my prayer is that you as an individual will decide and say, this is my church. Say that together with me. This is my church. Can you say that with me? Again. This is your church. And you, through representative systems, participate in shaping the life and the future of this church under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless us. Amen. This message was produced by GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. GYC seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians in contemporary contexts. To download or purchase other resources like this, or if you have been blessed by GYC and would like to donate, visit gycweb.org or email info at gycweb.org. You could also reach us via mail at P.O. Box 3786, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48106. This recording is licensed under Creative Commons. This means you can copy and share it with anyone you'd like. Please attribute this recording to GYC wherever you reuse it. And keep in mind that resale and alteration are strictly prohibited.